For people in the LGBTQ plus community, life is more expensive. We learn the details behind that and why we should care, even if it doesn't impact us. That conversation and more is coming up, so don't go anywhere. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, ¿qué tal? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I'm so thrilled that you are here joining us today, choosing Her Dinero Matters amongst a whole lot of podcasts, thousands and thousands of podcasts. So welcome. I appreciate you being here. You know that here on the podcast, I am always trying to bring you valuable information to help you on your financial journey, but I also try to provide information to help you grow as a person. And this particular episode is one of those episodes. Today, we are going to explore the higher costs of being LGBTQ+, and I will be sharing why I feel it's important to know, especially for those of us who aren't in this community. Let me share with you a little bit about Ana Zamora. She is a bisexual Latina living in sunny South Florida. She's also a financial advisor for women and for members of the LGBTQ+, community, as well as she is a yogi, a philanthropist, and a wife who really enjoys living. Lista, let's go meet Ana. Bienvenida, Ana. I'm so thrilled that you are here. I know we connected shortly, and I really loved everything that you do, who you are as a person. And I wanted to get to know you and really learn from your experience and from your knowledge. So welcome. Thank you, Jen, for having me here, especially for caring. We really need more that care, and I am very grateful to be here today. Yes. And one of the things that I love that we have in common, somos colombianas. Yes. And I love that. It's awesome to have you here. Let's start with going back in time, Ana, to where maybe a story in your upbringing that really has had an impact on you until this day. Some story, some experience, something that you saw, heard, and that you noticed that to this day that has had an impact and has shaped how you perceive money. Well, I have several. Now that you mentioned my upbringing, immediately came to me mom and dad, because that's usually the people that you learn more from. And in my case, I had parents that were so different one from another. I had my dad who really didn't have 
higher education, who was somebody that really learned from life, but that was somebody that was free in terms of mindset. So what he decided to do with his life was become adventurous and enjoy every opportunity that life brought to him. Now, did he do it all perfect? Of course not. I mean, perfect is just a word that society created to make us kind of like slave. So what he basically did was just live, making a lot of what you call nowadays mistakes, what I call experiences, but he decided to do it on his own terms. And he became an entrepreneur very early in life, following my grandpa's steps. I became somebody very financially stable just because he really didn't let society to determine how much money he was going to make or his dreams. So very early in life, he traveled to the States and he started to making dollars instead of pesos, which is the currency that we have in Colombia. And of course, this gave him a really huge advantage. Now, at the same time, he left my mom and my sister at the time alone in Colombia. So that is something he sacrificed for, let's just say, the good of the family at that point. But long story short, he became somebody that was not afraid and did everything to enjoy life and to provide his family with the best of the best. Now, at the same time, my mom, somebody with a different upbringing, went to school got a job, a very secure job in corporate America, or I should say Latin America, still America, and decided to just work in finances as well as me, but working for somebody and not really planning, but just working out of fear. The fear of my dad never coming back, the fear of not having enough, the fear of what am I going to do if this guy decides to stay in the U.S. and never comes back, and I have two girls now that I have to support. So I was able to see both people at the same time. And that gave me a sense of both discipline and living the life that I love. Well, my dad nowadays is somebody very financially secure. And my mom, let's just say, thankfully that I decided to chose this career. She's in good shape based on the fact that in Colombia, before, or well, nowadays too, but before pensions were really good. So because she worked in that job for such a long period of time, she had access to a pension. But if it wasn't because of that pension, she would have been in a very precarious, I should say, situation right now in terms of money. So to me, that was a great insight in terms of, you know, why I do what I do and why am I the person that I am today making sure that I have a plan and that I develop these for other people. I don't know if that makes sense for you, Jen, but for me, having those two people in my life and seeing my sister and I mimicking, right? My sister decided to mimic my mom and I decided to mimic my dad. And now I'm 43, almost 44. And I see how that subconscious mind really plays a huge, huge role in my life. Absolutely. No, I totally, totally get that. And I always find it so fascinating how much of an impact or how much our upbringing shapes, not just who we are as a person, but what we end up doing. You came into 
a world of personal finance as a financial professional and how your money story, your upbringing really impacted that because your mom and what did she do in the finance world in Colombia? Yeah, she was an assistant for one of the CEOs of the company. So she was a financial assistant for a very, very long time. But look at that, Jen. She was a financial assistant, but she was not good with her finances. And this is something that we see often, right? Not because you are in the financial world, not because you work with CEOs or people very analytical. That means that your personal finances are in check. Right. Just like like doctors may not be healthy. People in fitness may not be eating what they say we need to be eating. Yeah, it's we're all I and that's what you know, one of the reasons why I like to be very straightforward with who I am as a person and what I do, because I am by no means perfect (laughs) Uh, (laughs) with our finances. I am here just like everyone else, just trying to improve and do better. Fortunately, I have the knowledge, you know, I've taken the education and the knowledge, but we're human beings and so much is tied to our emotions that cause us to make certain decisions, whether they're good decisions or not, or something impacts life happens and you just make the best decision. You don't know what the perfect answer is, but you make the best decision with what you know, right? And maybe it wasn't the best decision, but it was the best decision at the moment in time, right? So I just always, I think it's just important to that, especially in this journey of your personal finance journey, that you just keep active or keep going, but not to be so hard on yourself because this is just progress. You know, we're just progressing. Yes. Absolutely, Jen. Absolutely. I think it is about living life and getting, like I always call it, getting your human resources team. Because not only corporations have a human resources team. This sounds like, oh, what do you mean? I don't have a big business to have a human resources team. But if you surround yourself with people that can support you and can educate you. Like you said, education is a big thing. And they have taught us that looking for help is a sign of weakness, which is totally the opposite. If you have a good human resources team around you, if you are surrounding yourself with people that, hey, these people are doing good and they're doing good things for others and they're doing good things for the community, that is going to elevate you as a human being, as you said, as a human being, that's what we look for, right? Not to be better or worse, just to elevate ourselves, to do something better for everybody, not just at a personal level, but hey, I am such a good person. I am doing so good for myself that now I inspire others to do this for themselves. And as a collective effort, it's a good for everybody. Yes, yes. Now, we've learned a little bit about you and your money story, the impact your dad has had. You're an entrepreneur, the impact your mom has had on you. How did that lead? Because you haven't always been in the finance profession, correct? So how did you eventually become a financial professional doing what you do now and focusing on planning for the LGBTQ plus community. 
Yes, I have not always been in the financial world, but I went to school for economics. Not really knowing why at the time I did, to be honest with you. I discovered the why a few years ago when I became really honest with myself. But the reason why I went to school for economics was because I had an aunt that I admired a lot. And she was financially stable. She was free. She had a lot of gay friends. And at the time, you know, when she was growing up, that was kind of like a no-no in Colombia. You know, that was a topic that was very underground. But my aunt was a very eloquent person. She was not afraid of saying what she thought. And actually, people in government will call her to help them with debates. So a few years ago, I discovered that about myself. And... I was planning for my own finances. You know, when you come to the U.S., and I came to the U.S. about 22 years ago, when you come to the U.S. as an immigrant, you really don't know how the system works. So I started just to educate myself like you did, not professionally, but just for my own sake. And I started to talk to a lot of professionals. And I met up with a few financial advisors because I had some money in the bank that I really didn't know what to do with. By meeting with these people, I started to understand that it was very important to educate, especially the Hispanic community and immigrants in general, about finances. So that journey started there when I started to ask more questions and getting more involved and caring about my own plan. So I started just to do it part-time to see if it was something that I really wanted to do. And the response from my friends, from my family, and from my network was really positive. And I think it was because I've always been a planner, I guess, by nature. I've always been a planner. People always saw me like, okay, I'm going to ask Anna this question because I'm sure she already read about it or she knows. Uh, They call me in school, Ana Minerda. And that means like you're a nerd. I was a bit of a nerd when I went to school. My second name is Milena. So they said, me nerda. (laughs) So people already saw me as somebody that, hey, she's always been a planner. She's disciplined. And now she's going to do this. So they were ready to talk to me. And in particular, I decided to plan for women and for the LGBTQ plus community because I identify as a bisexual woman. So this is my community, Jen. And it's very important for me to feel comfortable speaking about my preferences with non-judgmental professionals. So I decided to give that to my clients. And I am in full acceptance of who they decide to become or who they want to become. And I am here to encourage them to make decisions based on trust and love not based on fear of judgment or rejection, which is in the history of the community, you know, what has been happening. And this is a lot of why LGBTQ plus members are not financially stable. So that's my why. I love that. Now, speaking of the LGBTQ community, what are some retirement planning challenges that are unique to them? And what are just some options that are worth considering? 
challenges. Oh, there are so many challenges, but I'm going to say that the higher cost associated with being an LGBTQ plus member, transgender people, for example, are facing significantly higher healthcare costs. And also, same-sex couples maybe aren't thinking about having children, some of them, but for those that decide to have it, well, the expenses of having a child are very high. The medical expenses, the legal fees associated with the processes are very high. So you pay a large sum of money trying to conceive a child, and then you also pay a lot more to have that child in a school that is of acceptance parents. So that means you have to move to neighborhoods that probably are more expensive in where there are schools in where these things aren't looked as something weird. Another challenge that I see in our community is the mental challenge, mental, emotional, and the horror that the community has been living, not only through the rejection, but also through the HIV AIDS epidemic. So there were a lot of people that were witnesses, and I'm going to say kind of like victims of the epidemic that really thought they weren't going to make it and didn't really plan for retirement anymore. And they believed that they had to live the present moment. And back in the day, there was a lot of companies, like biotical companies, for example, that take this as an opportunistic niche industry. Um, they targeted men that were afflicted by HIV. They bought their life insurance policies for less money. They gave people money, taking advantage of their current situation, assuming that they were going to die. Well, these people didn't die thanks to medical advance, but now they're left with no retirement savings and with no insurance policies that they can plan for their family. So there is, you know, a lot of challenges that I see in our community. And families are really still not 100% accepting of their children, which is something that I invite our community to think about, right? That you may have a child or you may conceive a child that is going to be an LGBTQ plus member. And as a parent, it's your responsibility to love them, to guide them, but not to judge them. And I'm going to say that this is a huge challenge when it comes to financial planning because feeling rejected and not accepted by your family also hinders your planning. Your family is not really helping you to plan if they don't accept you fully. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of things yeah. Yeah, that we can talk about, but you know, I don't want to really bore the audience with more and more no. info. And I think this question was, I want to, to make sure that I address this question. One, because like, for example, myself or someone listening, it may not be a part of the community. I want us to have a better understanding because I think there's power in learning, even if it's not about you, but it's about understanding and having an appreciation for things that others go through because that's going to make you a more empathetic person. And even just understanding this can allow you to support those that maybe you don't just understanding this allows you to support them 
So I think this is very, very important. And definitely, you know, having kids or transgender, you know, those things are very, very expensive. So it definitely impacts. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. You have to really do some really diligent planning because if you're setting goals, because in addition to, let's say, retirement or you want to travel more, or maybe you're needing to get out of debt, you're also on top of that, or you want to buy a house or a car. On top of that, you're also having these financial challenges of wanting to have a kid or doing the transgender process, right? So I think it's really, really important to understand and have appreciation so we can be more supportive and empathetic. And maybe we can offer a helping hand. I don't know in what way at this moment, because my creativity is not, (laughs) not on, my button is not on, but I think it's just really important. Now, when it comes to planning, like when setting goals, what are some tips that you can offer for members of the LGBTQ community to have a spending plan, especially if they're having some other financial challenges? What are some tips to help them do that and be successful? Before I answer that question, Jen, I also want to bring up something because when you were talking about understanding, accepting. I also want to bring this to a lot of people's attention. Think about the amount of money that couples of the same sex weren't able to save because there was tax inequality. So as a married couple, you have a lot of tax advantages right now. And before, you always had the tax advantages. Think about all of those taxes that same-sex partners couldn't take advantage of and all of the money that the law didn't allow them to save. Just wanted to say that for people to put that in perspective when it comes to something that is very, you know, day-to-day for us, right? That we can opt for different sex marriage, but for them, it was not an option. And as far as options, Jen, as far as why it is important to plan, well, first of all, everybody, including the members of the LGBTQ plus community, we want to live a comfortable and peaceful retirement, just like anyone else. So it is very important, first and foremost, especially for LGBTQ plus members to put legal documents in place, to sit down with an advisor and with an attorney that is an expert planning for LGBTQ plus members. This is a must, okay, because the law changes from state to state. And our rights are still not 100% protected. So we need to sit down with people, with professionals that are going to offer a helping hand with no judgment. At the same time, we have to be very careful because our community is a community that tends to overspend and use resources irresponsibly. Why, Jen? Because we have been rejected and discriminated for such a long time that now that we have the freedom, now that there is a lot of more acceptance, we want to break free. We want to enjoy our sexuality openly. But at the same time, what is society doing? Telling us that we have to perpetuate a certain image. 
spend, spend, spend. And our inner child has been also very hurt. So when you think about the inner child being hurt, well, the inner child wants to play, now wants to play freely. And what that means is it wants to have everything it hasn't been able to. It wants to party freely. It wants to travel freely. It wants to dress freely. And all of these things are causing overspending. And if we weren't taught to plan, this is something very foreign to us. So again, looking for that support from us, Jim, from people that, okay, let's help you, support you to live life, enjoy life while planning. What options do you have? So many, Jen. As many options as anybody else. It's just a matter of sitting down and becoming brutally honest about what you want, which is actually a very difficult answer, right? What do you want? It's one of the most difficult answers for everybody. But without planning, we will just become part of the rat race. And we cannot help our community to become stronger and sustainable without planning. I don't know if that answers your question, Jen. Absolutely. And I think also it's a matter of giving you yourself permission or allow yourself to receive what you want, right? Because I think, like you said, answering that question, what do you want, sometimes can be difficult for someone because maybe they have a belief they don't deserve it, or maybe they have some sort of belief that this is not for them or it's never going to happen for them. So I think it's all for all of us. It's important to give ourselves that permission to receive, to allow great things to happen, to be able to save more, to put more in retirement, to all those things I think is very important. And it just came, you know, when you said that, I'm like, yes, (laughs) sometimes that answer is hard, but also we have to just create that awareness that to give ourselves that permission. Absolutely. And I mean, 100% agreement with that. Receiving is so important. I have been loving this conversation. Now, I'm also curious to know if you think we have made, I think I know the answer, but I wanted to hear from you and you elaborate if we have made enough progress to achieve equality in financial matters when it comes to this community. We have made progress, Jen, a lot of progress, but I wouldn't say it's enough. We still have discrimination in workplaces. And that makes it more difficult for us to have financial stability. Things have changed a lot since the Supreme Court ruled in 2020, right? That made the discrimination by preference of, you know, sex end. But there's a lot of lack of consistent employment or opportunities or career advancement for LGBTQ plus members. And this has a major adverse impact on our financial planning and our ability to save money. Jen, some employers still don't even accept same-sex marriage to include a partner in your health insurance. We have made progress. It is not enough, but I think we are breaking free. I think right now is a pivotal moment in everything that has to do with our community. I think we're finally getting a strong word out and we're not going back. Right. No, I feel like there has been progress. And I'm curious to know if you were given a magic wand 
what is one thing that you would do to change, to improve these matters, to move the needle more, to achieve that equality in financial matters? What would be that one thing? Oh, that's a difficult question. One thing that I would do. I will say this, although I don't like this word, just I don't know why. Mandatory is not a word that I like. But I will say that I will make it mandatory for every one of us to have a conversation. And we're talking about only financial matters. To have a conversation with somebody that is an expert on finances at any point in our lives. So when we are growing up with our parents, when we are in school, when we are in college, when we are in corporate, when we are a business owner, I think we should really have it mandatory to either have that person or to have a mentor. Because mentorship changes everything, Jen. A good mentor or good mentors can really change and evolve your life so much. Somebody with experience, with a good heart, can rock your life. So that's one thing that I will just say, okay, a mentor is a must. A mentor is a must. Let's just put it that way. I love it. No, I love that answer, Anna. This has been so fantastic. Thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing me to learn from you and for your leadership in the Latino community, in the LGBTQ plus community. Oh my goodness, I say that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too, Jen. Thank you so much again for having me. I look forward to keep educating our community, our Latino community, my LGBTQ plus community, everybody actually. I don't really discriminate on anybody that I help. It's just I chose to impact the ones that I know I can impact the most because we really, really need that boost of education and help. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. I hope that you enjoyed hearing and learning about Anna as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. Personally, I know I was not aware of some of the higher costs of being LGBTQ+. Like, I never considered the implication on taxes and health insurance. I know that I'm appreciative of Anna because not only have I learned, but I have a better appreciation for the LGBTQ plus community. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You also can take what you have for granted. I know I have, especially in hearing these implications of taxes and health insurance. But when you do know, And when you are informed and when you learn more information, you can choose to do better. And personally, that's what I am trying to do. And hopefully you will too. Having this awareness, as I shared in talking to Anna, allows us to have empathy and be better humans. It also does something else too. If we have an influence at an organization, whether in a leadership position, maybe you are the boss, maybe you are a member of a board, 
we can pass on that information, that awareness to that organization to help them make informed and better decisions that are truly inclusive. You can connect with Anna at Invest with Anna Z. That's on IG and Instagram. And I will make sure that I link that up in today's show notes. If you love this episode in this conversation, I would love it if you do two things and two simple things at that. Number one, share this with one friend, family member, or coworker. And number two, leave a written review on the podcast whether it's on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify right now, you can only mark how many stars you want to give it. But that would be super valuable and helpful to us. I don't know about you, but I personally look at the reviews to help me determine in any case, whether I'm buying something or the podcast I listen to. This will not only help grow the show, but what mostly matters to you is that it allows us to continue to bring quality guests and even bigger guests. Those bigger guests will want to know that the show that they are thinking about being a guest on is legit. Let's be honest, right? We do make it easy for you in regards to leaving a review and you can go to the resources section of today's episode and you will find a link that tells you exactly what you can do. Next week, I will be answering your questions. There have been some really phenomenal questions that have come in from using balance transfer offers to pay off your debt to just maneuvering those finances in a relationship. So stay tuned for that. Buena pues, that is everything. I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 323. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 323. Remember that being the reign of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you. And so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.